I'm Autumn Lockett. And this is Mitch Randall. And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. And on this episode, Autumn and I are going to catch up after I've been out of studio for eight days. I've been in the most magical place in the world, Walt Disney World down in Orlando, Florida. But it's good to be back in studio and can't wait to talk to Autumn about everything I experienced down in the state of Florida. We're also going to talk about the Fox Christmas tree going up in flames in Manhattan. We're also going to talk about the latest conviction of Josh Duggar in sex crimes. And it's just uh, an extension of what's going on in the church these days. And then later on in the pod, we're going to talk about something kind of fun. The Pantone folks have unveiled their color of the year for 2022. There's not going to be an interview this week, so Autumn and I are just going to talk. So uh, set back, get ready, and it's going to be a fun episode. Hey, Autumn, guess what time of year it is? Halloween. No. Thanksgiving? No. It's too early for Christmas. People keep telling me. It is a little too early for Christmas. No, it's the time of year when nonprofits ask for money. You know, Mitch, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, it is an exciting time of year because even here at Good Faith Media, we need to, from time to time, ask our listeners and readers to help support this great effort of keeping this message alive. Yeah, the voices of inclusive people of faith are tragically underrepresented, leaving many feeling alone. And then we layered in this global pandemic, which pushed all of us further into isolation. But... Good Faith Media provides a space for our voices to unite and impact the world for good. And our daily news and opinion pieces provide thoughtful reflection from spiritual and thoughtful leaders around the world. Our Nurturing Faith Journal is a print magazine that circulates six times a year to churches and households nationwide, delivering thoughtful analysis, inspiring features, and Jesus focused Bible study curriculum. And if you like this podcast, Good Faith Weekly, make certain to subscribe to more exciting and challenging podcasts brought to you by the Good Faith Media Podcast Network. Gather around your device as GFM continues advocating for inclusion for all, justice for all, and freedom for all. You can find more information about this at goodfaithmedia.org forward slash donate. Autumn, I am back in studio. It's good to have you back. I'm sorry that I can't greet you with like the hot dog dance or Winnie the Pooh or anything. <laughs> All I have to okay. offer So is speaking this. of hot dogs, so we went on vacation for the last eight days. I'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, we were at Walt Disney World. We walk into the Magic Kingdom. It's the 50th anniversary of Disney World. Oh, it was magical chills. and wonderful. And so we got there about lunchtime. We decided, ah, we're going to go over to Casey Corner, Casey's Corner to have a hot dog. And so, you know, about this time of the day, I'm famished. I'm, I'm, we've, we've walked, you know, a jillion miles at this point. And so I'm starving. So I thought, I'm going to order the footlong hot dog, thinking it's like a sonic footlong. Oh, no, sister. It is a legitimate footlong hot dog. That it's like dude, a Goofy's footlong. <laughs> that right? dude was huge. <laughs> uh, so. oh, I love just sitting outside there at Casey's, and you can just watch people coming down Main Street. People are excited. You can see the castle. That's one of my favorite spots that people watch at Disney. Oh, it's a, it was a great location. So. I've nursed many a babies <laughs> on that patio. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah. Okay, so here's the reason we go to Disney World. Because you think, you know, you get, you know, we're a little older in age. We've got adult kids. Who's going to want to go to Disney World uh, at our age? Who wouldn't uh, want to go to Disney World uh, at yeah, any that's age, That's kind of what I'm thinking. Think. Well, 
my darling wife, that many of you know, decided years back she really discovered quickly that when my youngest son was born, that on his 21st birthday in the year of the Lord, 2021, it was going to coincide with the 50th anniversary of Disney World, the day it opened back in 1971. So she thought to herself, this would be a great time to go to Disney World to celebrate both my son's 21st birthday and Disney World's 50th anniversary. And you know what? She was right. It was fantastic. You know, we like to tease Missy for being such a planner, but how many of us benefit from her planning ahead and strategizing? (laughs) That's exactly. I certainly do. (laughs) That's exactly right. But we had such a delightful time. You know, when you ask your adult children to come on a vacation with you, I mean, any vacation, you kind of wonder, you know, are they just kind of placating to you and, you know, patting mom and dad on the head and saying, yeah, we'll come. But, you know, they got other things to do. But when you ask them to come to Disney World, when you think about uh, this incredible place, it's you know made for children and, and childhood and imagination and just all kinds of great things for kids to do. You don't think about your adult children necessarily. But when we proposed this to them, they were all on board. Our 21 and 24-year-old uh, sons were, were just giddy about the, the possibility of, of going to, to Disney World. And so we were excited that they joined us. And anytime you get to spend eight days straight of uh, unencumbered uh, time with your kids, no matter what age they are, it's just sacred. It's just sacred and holy. And we had such a good time. I'll tell you it's a lot more sacred and holy when they can toilet themselves. (laughs) I'm just saying, eight solid days with my kids, that'd be more like a trip, you know. So I'm excited. I'm so, your your relationship with your boys makes me very hopeful for having that similar relationship with my kiddos someday. Missy and I were talking about, you know, everybody, we had some t-shirts made uh, for my kids, uh, for my son's 21st birthday and or those, of course, uh, in in the parks uh, celebrating his birthday. But Missy and I talked about also wanting to get T-shirts made for all of the young parents out there who were navigating two to three strollers and, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, comfort their kids as they were having breakdowns about midday and, you know, just uh, tears from children when and from parents. When they're doesn't make them tall enough to ride Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, yep, yep. no matter how high you poke it. That's <laughs> That's exactly right. But the t-shirts we were thinking about making, it was just like, hang in there, parents. One of these days, you'll get to come back with your adult kids, and it's going to be glorious. No strollers, no yes. breakdowns, no tears. It's just it's No good. diapers, no breastfeeding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, we had such a a wonderful time. We went to all four parks and just had a great time. But there was one moment, and I write about it uh, this week. In fact, it's at uh, goodfaithmedia.org today. It was released this morning. And it was just just really holy for me um, because we got a late-night appointment to go to Hollywood Studios in the new Star Wars uh, section of that park. Uh, where they make lightsabers. And, uh, you know, I thought it would be cool. You know, I mean, it's a little gimmicky, you know, kind of, you know, all the kids, you know, you know, liked it, all the Star Wars geeks around the world, you know, just buy into all that stuff. And my kids like Star Wars. They, you know, they appreciated it, but they weren't, you know, they weren't 
Star Wars geeks, I guess. They just didn't really, mm-hmm. I mean, they liked it a lot, but they didn't get into it like some people do. Um, but at any rate, um, we got them appointments to make their own lightsabers. I mean, 24 and 21 years old. And you think, oh, you know, they could have rolled their eyes at dad and mom and said, you know, hey, we're, yeah, we're not doing this. But they were so excited about it. And we walked into uh, that uh, that section in the park. And of course, it's just decked out to the nines. They did an incredible job of, of making it uh, look like Star Wars. And so we go in there and they, of course, Disney it up and uh, they make their lightsabers. And when they turn them on for the first time, I say, stayed in the article, I knew I was looking at my adult children. But as I stared at their faces, I saw the two boys who used to sit on the couch with me on Saturday afternoons, eat popcorn, eat Oreos, and watch Star Wars, and in the midst of it, jostle with their homemade lightsabers, saving the Mm -hmm. universe. And it was just, it was a really special moment for for our family, just to get to, to experience that and to just uh you know think back about the the decades that we've had with them now growing up but then also looking forward to what they're going to be able to conquer in the future i said in the article this generation i am convinced is going to change the world uh, similar to the greatest generation of world war ii i think this generation is going to do the very same thing so so it's an exciting time autumn i had a good time uh shed a tear or two but uh, lots of laughs you've equipped them uh, physically, emotionally, and literally to save the world, <laughs> Mitch, right. is basically what I hear you saying. That's you exactly know? what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I love that. That's so, that's so, I love Disney. I never really got it until we went for the first time. I didn't go as a child, but like, of course, grew up in the Disney lore, um, watching the movies and reading the books and singing the songs. And the first time we went, um, I was like, Oh, now I get it. Because yeah. you are, you're just a kid. I waited in line to meet Ariel and like didn't really realize that it was such a big deal until I saw her and I started crying as like a 30-year-old woman. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening to me? But it does, it just takes you back to childhood and it's really special. Yeah. The only thing, to, to kind of tie this into faith, the only thing I can remember about Disney growing up was that on Sunday nights, of course, I grew up in Southern Baptist churches where Sunday night church was still a thing. And my parents were guilted into attending. So I can remember, you know, I could see the commercials coming that the, you know, wonderful world of Disney was about to to come on. And little Mitch never got to see it because he had to be ushered out the door to church. So when all my friends on Monday morning was saying, hey, did you check out wonderful world of Disney? It was like, no. (laughs) Wonderful world of Jesus over here. I got to learn about the 55th verse of uh, Hezekiah or something like that on Sunday night. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But it's good to be back. I hope that you guys, you and the staff, had a wonderful time uh, with me away. I know you guys kid me a lot uh, that you get a lot more done when uh, I'm not uh, in the office. Yeah, well, but that's when just you're away. But when you take Missy away, then it puts stuff on our plate. It was no, we like it when you just go. No, not really. It was good, and it's kind of a quieter time. You know, we had Giving Tuesday, and we're getting our holiday stuff together. So it's it's been a fun time to to be in the office, and we're we're thankful that you're back. Though. Well, good. Well, just so you know, I'm going to be going to New York this weekend. Uh, good Faith Media, along with some of our partners, launched an incredible program at the end of 2021 called respite for revs and 
our organization, along with our partnering organizations, are offering churches the opportunity to give their pastors an extra week off for vacation because they so deserve it after a pandemic, after uh, an uprising with social justice. Lots been going on in the world. They are exhausted. They're tired. Clergy are leaving ministry just extremely quickly, just because they're overwhelmed. And so we thought, mm-hmm. what could we do just as a simple gesture? And so we're offering to, to fill the pulpit uh, for anybody who wants to give their pastor a week off. And so we got a phone call from a church in Brooklyn, New York, a couple of months ago saying they were wanting to do so. And so uh, I'm heading up to Brooklyn on Saturday to preach on Sunday there in, in New York and excited to do it. That's going to be, so, I've never been to New York at Christmas, so I'm excited that you're going to get to see uh, just everything all decked out. And I'm thankful for that congregation, you know, that are having the foresight to give their pastor a break. Yeah. So, well, speaking that. of New York City and Christmas, Autumn, let's uh, turn to the news. I guess you saw what happened in front of News Corps, uh, the, um, the company who owns Fox News in Manhattan, their 50-foot tree was set ablaze over the weekend by a gentleman who we're not really certain what his motive was, but uh, he was seen climbing into their Christmas tree, and then all of a sudden it just sparked and, uh, and went aflame. So I really don't know what to say about that, Autumn, except there it is. <laughs> Well, I mean, is this the war on Christmas we've heard tell us? <laughs> it must be. This must be it. I don't know. I mean, it's sad. I mean, I think anytime someone's property is damaged, it's bad. Hopefully they had insurance and can get recouped for it. I don't, it's not the answer. And, you know, I, I've been talking with my therapist and lots of other people <laughs> about how to, and really this conversation sparked from our conversation with Jeremy Coleman, yeah. uh, that pastor from Oklahoma on mm-hmm. Twitter about how we can have conversations with people who don't agree with us um, while still holding our ground, while not being um, complicit in the things that they're saying, um, but actually having civil discourse and lighting a tree on fire is actually not how we get there. Absolutely. And that's, but that's what scares me about the rhetoric from the right, especially the religious right and those who count out of the religious right, is that after a while of this verbal bombing of people who are center left of the right, um, after a while, somebody's going to fight back. And as much as we plead, this is not the way to do it, and please hear us, we are. We are nonviolent. We believe that any kind of protest must be peaceful, uh, must be, you know, must state what we believe and, like you said, stand your ground, but at the same time must be nonviolent and, and bold. But this is not the way to do it. But my fear is that the more and more we see this from the right, that there are going to be people who just ha- are had enough of it, and they are going mm-hmm. to start swinging back in violent ways, as we've seen happen over the weekend. And well, we don't attempts. have guns, so all we have is like our NPR tote bags, <laughs> and this guy had like some kind of a lighter, you know? Like, <laughs> we're not real effective when it comes to violence. Exactly, exactly. I'm so. thankful no one was hurt. I really oh, I'm so am. hopeful, yeah. Yeah. So. But at any rate, I just, you know, it's it such a, quite the metaphor um, mm-hmm. that Fox's Christmas tree went up in blaze when they've been 
lighting things ablaze for the last several decades. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just what they do. And uh, I hate it. I hate that their property was destroyed. It should not have happened. I condemn it to, to, to the fullest. But this is what happens when you set fires uh, continuously. And so mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't happen again. I hope we can find better ways to communicate. But I just thought it was interesting. Uh, just it was quite the, the, the image seeing the Christmas tree in front of Fox News burned to the ground. Yeah. I'm Reverend Starlet Thomas, director of the Raceless Gospel Initiative at Good Faith Media and host of the Raceless Gospel podcast. The Advent season is coming and we're delivering a podcast. Jesus is coming. It's an Advent podcast series from us at Good Faith Media. We'll drop four episodes, one for each Sunday of Advent. A season of preparation for a kingdom that is coming back up. Give everyone some space. There is plenty good room. Come one, come all, to Jesus. Jesus is Coming, an Advent podcast series by me, Reverend Starlet Thomas. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. You know, there's another kind of fire yeah. like that's been sort of has been in embers really and that's just the cover-up and the shame associated and the failure of the church as a whole to talk about sex yes why don't you expand on that (laughs) yeah well i think well i know right there's this whole i think some of it is generational i think some of it is uh cultural maybe but that sex is so taboo and that if we just don't talk about it um until like the day that you get married then you can flip the light on and then you can you can talk about sex but only with your husband slash wife and that's it by not equipping our children to understand what sex is and how to be safe and what consent is and that they're and bodily autonomy right without teaching our kids those things we are setting them up to be victims and it it can't continue. Right. And so we've really seen that come to a head this week in the news about Josh Duggar. Yeah. I mean, it seems like this is a microcosm of something that is much larger that has been unfolding, not only for, for decades, but literally for centuries and, and two millennia in the church. The church, let's just be honest about it. The church has never developed a healthy uh, theology regarding sexuality. Um, it's something that has always been shamed. It's always been something that has uh, been couched in sin and ugliness and evil, and therefore it was shoved to the side, put in a dark room in a box, and locked up and never talked about and discussed only in the from the standpoint that it was sinful and wrong. But the reality is, sex is everywhere in the Bible. I mean, we just see it continuously. We read about it. Uh, it's not Song something... of Solomon. Ever heard of it? I know, right? I mean, it just <laughs> it, it's it's there, and there's a lot of euphemisms that have been uh, used uh, within Scripture um, that allude to sex. The biblical writers did not shy away from talking about sex at all, um, but we have shied away about reading the text as it has been presented to us and trying to come to grips with a healthy understanding of sexuality. With that said, 
because of this 2,000-year ignoring of sex or shaming of sex, it's created this environment where unhealthy ideas, unhealthy practices about sexuality uh, emerge. And they've been, I mean, when I say emerge, they've been there for 2,000 years. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But we see them emerge when they come to light in stories like the Duggars. Mm-hmm. We now have the IP dresses, right, right, and the receipts. Yeah, exactly. Or what's been going on undercover for so long. And when you pair this shame culture around sex with the patriarchy, right, and the way that a lot of folks in that sort of evangelical sect treat children mm-hmm. um, is a powder keg, and it is dangerous. It is a powder keg. You're 100% right. And so I think the church needs to have a, a moment of reality, a dose of reality, and begin to to work on a thorough understanding of sexuality and what the Bible says about it, what history says about it, and to rethink uh, sex in a whole new way, because it's something that God created, something God mm-hmm. gave us, uh, and something that I think that uh, we, we know very little about, even though we think we know a lot about it. But we're still learning, and and God's still revealing things to us. So, uh, I agree. I mean, it was it was horrible to see. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that justice came out in this particular case. But uh, anytime you know justice is issued, that there are victims behind that, and, and I hate that. Well, there are, and he I mean, he's absolutely a hundred percent. I mean, responsible for his actions, right? And slash, but he was raised in an environment where he was not taught about sex. He was not, it was a shameful thing. It was, you know, and then you raise alongside, you know, children who are completely isolated and aren't equipped to, um, to stand up, to, to have a voice and to understand their bodies and the way they work um, and lines of communication that aren't always flowing because of the shame surrounding it. And I just, I just hope that we can do better for yeah. this. And we had, know, we had a great growing up. You know, thinking about this, we had a great conversation a couple of episodes ago with Lenore Wright and in, in her new book mm-hmm. yeah, um, we did. about sexuality and just sex in general. And she just, she's done a great job of laying out a kind of theological framework uh, how to see sex, uh, especially uh, in an attempt to break down the patriarchy. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought she just did a great job in the book, did a great job in the interview, but. There's more conversations that need to take place like that, not only on shows like this, but in the local church. Uh, yeah. The local church and local communities need to have need to have these uh, conversations on a continuous basis. I've got her book right here, right there. Athena to Barbie. <laughs> I was trying to dig for it. Yeah, it's so good. I'm I'm finishing it, and then I'm going to pass it on to my 14 year old daughter because I think she needs to read it. And yeah. um, that's something that I think is tricky. You know, I was not raised as you know in a place where we talked about really anything like that mm-hmm. but having those conversations you know from the time my daughter you know could could like identify parts of her body on forward and just it's not like you have the talk and then you move on right. it is a continuing conversation and as she learns new things and we learn new things and we just keep that communication going i'm not saying like look at us we're doing it right but sometimes it is awkward and we have to be able to laugh at ourselves and be a little self-deprecating to get through it but it is so important and for every awkward moment you are saving your child from being a victim you really are amen couldn't say it any better Well, we've got a fun little uh, tidbit in the news this week. Pantone. 
I have never heard of Pantone until I met Autumn Lockett. And <laughs> she introduced me to this, this well, Pantone. Well, I'll tell you why I know about Pantone, Mitch, because I worked for a university who has a very specific color. It's crimson, mm-hmm. right? It's not maroon. It's not scarlet. It's not red. By golly, it is a crimson. And to get that color right on our branding and on our, our um, any of our promotional things, branding is very important. Mm-hmm. And we had to know our Pantone code and our Pantone color so that we can make sure that our tablecloths and our pens are all the right color. Right. So when we were like crafting Good Faith Media, we wanted to make sure that we were being true to our brand. And let me just say, there's a lot more colors than the eight colors that I used to grow up in <laughs> Walter Reed Elementary School that I used to learn my letters Which, on. <laughs> tell them what you call this beautiful um, periwinkle sort of color. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Pantone released their 22 20 or 2022 color of the year and they have unveiled it as very perry very perry very perry it is a perry let me read the definition of it it is a periwinkle hue that the company says combines the steady tranquility of blue with an energetic infusion of red folks it's purple (laughs) (laughs) you that's what you just said. Red and blue together, that's purple. But it is periwinkle and it's deep and it's Oh no, no. It, it's very peri. It's very it's peri. It's very peri. Like on the scale of like a little peri to a lot of peri, it's very it's peri. Very peri. <laughs> it's bright and fun. I love the 2021 color was just like really bright yellow, which we all needed after uh, 2020. Turns out 2021 didn't I don't think it quite met up to its color of the year, but maybe 2022 can live up to very Perry. I hope so. I, I certainly <laughs> hope so. So, um, I had a boss one time who used to say, it's hard to fall out of a ditch. I don't know, <laughs> something about that. <laughs> He's a federal judge now, no worries. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is fantastic! So, so I'm yeah, excited uh, about it. Yeah, about 2022, aren't you? I really I, am. You know, I am cautiously excited about it. Okay. Um, just from the fact that I was excited about 2021 after 2020, and you know, here the last couple of weeks, of course, we've we've got this new variant coming, uh, Omicron that we've talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um. You know, I am. I'm optimistic. I mean, going to Disney World felt a little bit, little more like normal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was neat. It was great to see people still, you know, wearing masks uh, indoors. People were very good about it. Uh, employees just had to remind them, and yeah, they put it on pretty quickly. And so, uh, but you know, I, I do. I really want to be optimistic. I really want to be excited about this new year. But 2020 and 2021 have just well, they've just soiled me. <laughs> they, they, they have, just made We're me... going to start and end this episode talking about diapers, aren't we? <laughs> That's exactly. This is what happens when we don't have an interview. It's just like unplugged. I, I think it's I think it's good to be cautious, but to have some hope. Um, I do. It's have hope. really hard to you know in twenty twenty there wasn't a lot of hope. We didn't know what we were dealing with. There was a lot of unknown. And the good news about this is we've got shots in arms. We've got boosters. We've got kids who are getting the vaccine, mm-hmm. um, and we can see a way forward. We can. So we are hopeful. We're only about three weeks away from a new year. But before we no whammies, get- no whammies. <laughs> <laughs> but Autumn, before we get there. 
We're going to be celebrating something very special here at Good Faith Weekly. We Mm -hmm. are quickly approaching our 100th episode, which is remarkable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought that, uh, you know, when the pandemic broke out and we looked at each other and said, hey, let's start a podcast. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. Uh, That 100 episodes later, here we are. It's amazing. It is. You know, we were going to start the podcast, I think, in the summer um, when we originally started talking about it in January, February. And then when the pandemic hit, we were like, well, what else do we have to do? We're just sitting (laughs) in the closet. Let's get some microphones and start recording. And I'm really thankful for for the podcast because it's been a great way to... to stay on top of the news and to be able to talk with people in our universe who we probably wouldn't have been able to really converse with otherwise and see their pretty faces and get to know them and to really amplify the voices that needed to be amplified. 100%. So so we're looking forward to having uh, our 100th episode uh, under wraps in a couple of weeks. So we've got a couple more interviews and episodes until then. Next week, when we come back, we are going to have an interview. We're going to have someone who was actually at COP26, uh, who's a theologian and is really committed to environmental justice. And he is going to talk about his experience at COP26 and what, what he thinks. What is COP26? I don't know. It was COP26 was a gathering of all global leaders from around the world to talk about climate change and try to come to some consensus on how they were going to address climate change. There were a lot of failures in that, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, trying to get everybody to agree on practical ways in which... Literally anything, Exactly. But there were some positives that came out of it. And so uh, the gentleman we're going to talk about or talk with next week is going to tell us about uh, his experience there and, and the good Excellent. and bad that, that came out of COP26. So, so we're, we're hopeful uh, that uh, we, get better, we get better news than bad news. So we'll see. But uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And then we've got a couple other episodes until our 100th episode. So I hope that uh, you and your family are having a great Advent season and uh, preparing for the Christmas holidays. I know you've got a big Christmas musical coming up in your house. We do. Yes, the kids are in the in crowd, I-N-N, and they're going to be performing Friday night, so we've been practicing our lines. Awesome, awesome. Well, to our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to this rant, or unplugged as Autumn defined it. Uh, It's good to be back in studio. Thanks for the time off. Uh, Thanks for covering, uh, I know... Uh, not only did you cover, but Starlet covered the show last week with some interviews and the entire staff always does a great job stepping up uh, when one of us is away. And so uh, thanks to all the staff who stepped up and, and did great jobs as uh, I enjoyed some time with our boys. So, But uh, we'll be back next week with a, a regular episode. And until then, keep living good faith. <laughs>